listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. The weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service. Educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 281, entitled Interview with Craig Thurston from Thirsty's Lawn Care. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, and for the questions, the comments, and the feedback uh, that you guys have been sending through. Uh, this week, we have a Another uh, interview lined up for you guys uh, as part of my uh, winter interview series brought to you uh, in part by Xmark Manufacturing. So uh, without uh, further ado, I'd like to uh, welcome Craig Thurston to the show. Hey, Craig, how's it going? Oh, great, Julio. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Um, Very appreciative of you taking time out uh, in your day to uh, come onto the podcast. Oh yeah, I'm I'm very thrilled to be able to be part of the podcast of yours. Awesome! It's uh, so nice to uh, uh, be able to uh, interview a fellow Canadian. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that today. Um, yeah, I'm excited to that we're both Canadians and we can uh, talk about how that's different here. Maybe yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So uh, let's uh, dive right into it. So maybe uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Sure. Yeah, I uh, live in uh, Peterborough, Ontario. It's like a couple hours from Toronto. Um, That's one of our main cities, Ontario. Yeah. And um, I've been uh, doing my lawn care business um, eight years full time. Nice. And uh, currently... I have like usually one employee, one to two employees in the lawn care season. Okay. And then um, I do, I have like a yard employee for snow removal. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. So um, you mentioned there, my next question is, uh, is your lawn care business your main income and your side hustle? So obviously after eight years, it sounds like this is pretty much your main income now. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um I kind of um, had a couple of years before the eight years that I kind of transitioned into full time. And okay, yeah. What were you uh, doing before uh, lawn care? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, I was a custodian with like a local school board. Oh, okay. And 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 I would take like um, a leave of absence for six months for the lawn care season for a few years. Oh wow! Until they just didn't like the idea. Yeah. Of, uh, giving me that time every year yeah yeah <laughs> how long were you uh, a custodian for for 10 years oh wow yeah very very neat uh so what when like you're sitting there and you've got this uh job as a custodian um and you know what first attracted you to the lawn care industry and you know what made you want to start your own business yeah um i've heard you mention the same um thing about what maybe introduce you a little bit too but um my main thing was um seeing these aeration crews that would come into peterborough and have like a trailer with like maybe 20 aerators and just flood our town yeah yeah and uh i just seen kind of 
maybe their the quality and maybe the prices and i thought well i can do that i can run a narrator and i kind of started that way oh, okay so did you actually did like go rent a narrator and and go door to door yeah stuff? yeah wow. like and it went really well like i kind of just came maybe made a quick flyer on a piece of paper with a with a my company name but it was a little different i i was thirsty's property names but i can you can change that in the future you know what i mean yeah yeah and uh just like coming home with stacks of cash like yeah (laughs) it it, um it was just very rewarding yeah yeah so that must have been a real like um trial by fire uh to you know just jump straight into door-to-door sales like I, that would um, uh, completely um, frighten me, <laughs> you know, going from like complete, you know, something completely different and going, okay, well, now I'm going to go, especially being introverted like I am, I'm going to go knock on people's doors. And as, are you like an introverted person um, by nature um, or? I don't know. I'm probably a little bit of a mix between um, both. Um, I was, I remember being very nervous, but I was, I I obviously picked up some good sales throughout different jobs I've had. Um, I, I would have a good spiel to sell myself. And my only thing I would get really nervous about is I might do a little talk a little bit up more about what myself than I really was. And I would be afraid that I would mix. I would uh, <laughs> <laughs> forget what i told that one customer <laughs> oh <laughs> you, gotta yeah. keep, you gotta keep your story straight <laughs> yes. you gotta do the same story for everybody so you don't get them uh, get the wires crossed there <laughs> but yeah that's yeah. Uh, that's pretty uh brave of you to go like full door-to-door i know some people you know that's not an issue for them and stuff but uh for me it's like uh you know if i thought uh you know when i was starting out to just be completely terrifying to go door to door and, and try to talk to people. So that's very good, very good on you to uh, to do that and to see that uh, you know that opportunity there. Uh, and like I've said on the podcast, it's you know very similar here. A couple of uh, companies started out here and it had never been sort of done before uh, that concept, uh-huh. and they were all companies from the Toronto area from Ontario that were kind of taking advantage of BC's warmer and earlier spring start. Uh, and they would come down here and then hire a bunch of students and stuff to go door to door and stuff. And, um, yeah, it was just an interesting concept to see just like going, just hammering neighborhoods door to door, doing aerations and stuff. And to see, you know, how many lawns at the end of the day would have those little signs on them. Uh, and then, you know, after the first or second year, you would see other people trying it either, whether individuals renting their own aerators and going door to door like you did, or uh, other companies trying to get in on it. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's quite funny now to see the, the different, uh, waves of companies coming through <clears throat> each spring with the aerators. Uh, so you mentioned, right. um, you have a couple of employees during the, uh, lawn mowing season, and uh, you bring on one or so in the winter season. Uh, so how long did you go uh, solo in your lawn care business? Or did you uh, like get think about employees right from the get-go? Uh, I went solo probably two years. Okay. And then I kind of hired a 
a first cousin of mine um, one season and then maybe, and then a friend the next season um, and kind of went from there. Okay. So um, was it just a matter of like what, what got you to that decision? Was it just overwhelming the amount of work you were getting or? Uh, I think I just had a visual I could envision my company being a little bit bigger and I wanted to just to take on more work. Okay. Um, the whole, the whole goal has always been to be able to take a two week vacation, maybe like in our busy time. Oh, okay. So, and still have the so business it's always been hopes running. Okay. Very cool. So that kind of leads me to my next question. And it's one of my favorites because it's a different answer from everybody that I ask. Uh, and uh, you typically get similar answers from entrepreneurs and similar answers from people that aren't entrepreneurs. And that is, uh, how would you, Craig Thurston, define success? Uh, I define success when you... Uh, let me just get my head around this question for a second. Um <laughs> When you're doing something you love to do and you don't let it overtake your whole life, so like work-life balance. Oh, okay. So a lot of, um, I guess, basically kind of like freedom. You basically can yes. can do what you want when you want, um, that sort of thing. Very good. Yeah, that's, uh, like I said, very similar for uh, a lot of people uh, that are uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, but it's funny because when you... When I ask that question uh, to people who aren't business owners or don't uh, have that sort of mindset, it's always money is like their definition of success is having enough money and stuff. Uh, so it's a, yeah, it's always interesting. One of my favorite questions to ask. Um, so just to give people some context of uh, what Thirsty's Lawn Care is all about, um, and you know the types of properties and stuff that you do uh maybe tell us about the size of your properties that you uh, maintain uh and maybe speak a bit about uh the types of equipment you use like the size of the mowers and that sort of stuff sure yeah the type of um properties i take care of it is a majority are residential um there's maybe 25 percent of my business that is commercial okay um in this most recent season, um, I did uh, some condominiums. Okay, yep. And I, I did kind of like a whole suite of them. So it was, it was like um, 100 units or more. Okay. And then I, I have a few. Then I have some group homes that I do for commercial. and And then I do have some like larger residential like maybe 10 or so one to three acre properties. And then the rest are kind of um, your typical city size properties okay. for residential. Very nice. So what size um, mowers do you uh, use in your business to uh, maintain those properties? Um, I've always tried to keep my zero turn mowers to the smaller end just to be able to do a lot of residential properties yep. in town. Um, so I have like, I have a 40 inch grandstand, Toro grandstand. Yep. 
and then I have a 48 inch Toro Titan. Okay. Um, zero turn. Yep. And I find the grandstand will fit almost anywhere, any gate. Okay. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, and then I never figured it out the math, but the Titan will fit in most properties as well. Okay. And how and do you, then for? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. And then for push mowers, I have like a couple. I have a thirty-inch push mower and a twenty-one-inch. Okay. Very good. Uh, so, how do you like those uh, the uh, Toro, the Grandstand, and the Titan? Yeah i i lo- I only I myself I drive the Grandstand. Um, my employees usually have the sit down Titan. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not, I got second guessing the, the stand ons at this moment. Okay. Um, because I like I love to sit down the way it, um, has thrown at the grass and it, the, de- the deck underneath doesn't get so clogged up. Okay. I find my grandstand like it has to be perfect conditions, like not wet, not too crazy long, or it gets clogged up very quickly. Oh, okay. Um, but I do, but it does do a great job, and it does. It it hasn't given me any problems. It's just some there's some pros and cons. Yeah, yeah. So, um, in your lawn care business, um. You've talked about obviously the lawn care season, and you know you've hinted at uh, some winter services. Uh, are there any other services that you um, do in your business that aren't lawn care or landscaping related, like maybe uh, power washing or window cleaning, for example? Yeah. So when I spoke about doing these condominiums, I've kind of had it in and the door with the condominiums for maybe six years. And I do weekly there when they built the condominiums, they didn't make the street um, wide enough for the city trucks to go get the garbage and recycling. Yeah. So I do, um, I go weekly there and put the recycling and the garbage out to the road. And then I come back the next day and put the bins at their front doors. Oh, interesting. So that's a nice little uh, gig because it's like all year round. Mm-hmm. And and then other services I do, like I'll do hedge trimming. Um, I do some flower bed, like weeding. Um, I try to do any job that a customer will ask me to do. Um, and then, yeah, then you're just your usual lawn care. I'll do seeding and fertilizing. Um, and then I'll do dump runs. That pretty much sums up all my services. Okay, that's a, a good uh, one rate wide range, and the the uh, going to uh, that to neighborhood to put those uh, cans out and then take them in. It's sort of uh, it's kind of like dipping your toes back into the custodial part of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> uh, so, uh, twenty twenty has been a pretty interesting year and a challenge. Uh, in year for uh, a lot of businesses around the world uh, with COVID-19. Um, how has uh, the pandemic affected you in your business? 
I wouldn't say it's affected me as much as I fear they would. Okay. Uh, I, uh, like a lot of us, we weren't sure what was going to happen this spring. Um, we had a very mild um, April. Like we were able to get a early start, like April first, and sometimes we. Sometimes it could be the mid-April or the end of April before we could get started doing spring cleanups. And we were kind of like in quarantine at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. Right at the... And not sure if we were essential or not. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that affected uh, me. And then I wasn't sure if it was safe to do... to have like an employee in my truck with me um, I didn't know, like, it happened so quick that I wasn't sure, can he be in my truck with a mask on? Like, should I have a barrier between us? Yeah, yeah. So I I was, I bought it, I bought a second truck to kind of run two separate tr- crews. Mm-hmm. So, so that was um, kind of a, a huge decision, and it, it's probably fine, but you just didn't know at the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it was very interesting. I know a local um, guy here that um, is part of the franchise system that I was a part of uh, when I first started, and he's a uh, husband and wife team uh, normally. Uh, and uh, there's certain times, I think in the summertime, uh, his wife uh, stays at home because the kids are home from school traditionally. Uh, but right. the rest of the year, the wife helps him. And because of COVID and all that stuff, and just the unknown about everything, he was in that same situation because it's always his wife in his car. But it wasn't that it was his wife. It was he was worried about the public perception of it because people don't know it's his wife. So he literally, yeah, that he literally had that was his, my... yeah. So he literally had his wife drive their family SUV behind him in to go to every job just for the perception of the employees are social distancing uh, sort of thing because people don't know it's his wife. Uh, so, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, the beginning, obviously, uh, you know, COVID was uh, something fairly new. They didn't know a lot about it, didn't know how it, uh, you know, really can, um, you know, move among people and all that sort of stuff. So there was a lot of uh, unknowns and you didn't know how, uh, you know, people would take it and, the, and all that sort of stuff. So were you, you mentioned there being in quarantine and that were you like, did the season start and you didn't get to start right away? Um, or, um, I, I ended up starting April 1st and I continue to do your research every day. Hope like with these essential businesses list and, um, I was running like very safely, like my employee was in another truck yeah. and I was in my truck. Um, my biggest concern was the same as what you just talked about, like public seeing a truck with two employees in it. Like, yeah, yeah. I was afraid of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, some people in Ontario weren't running cause they were bigger or bigger company and they weren't sure if they were allowed to like, but I did take an educated guess that I was okay and, and nothing ever came of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very, very good. Uh, it's yeah. Good that it uh, didn't uh, 
affect you too much. I found um, in my own uh, experience, like I obviously there was an unknown, right? And you're like, you know, what the heck's going to happen? And like, uh, you know, I was expecting um, a lot more cancellations because I thought, well, everybody's home, like, and they're all bored. Like, they're probably going to end up wanting to, you know, go mow their own lawns just for something to do. Um, and uh, it ended up being the opposite. It seemed like it was one of the busiest years uh, I have had uh, as far as the phone, you know, constantly ringing and, and stuff. Did you find uh, that? Like, how was the, um, as far as uh, business goes in terms of calls and stuff like that? Yeah, I thought, I thought the same, like, I wasn't sure if people were going to have the money. I like, it was just it happened so quick, but, uh, but, um, it was probably one of my busiest years, which, and I, I hear that from so many people. So I, I don't, I think it's a combination of so many things that made that a busy season for us. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did you uh, have any cancellations from anybody because of COVID? Um, maybe, yeah, probably a, a couple. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's some, very minimum. Yeah. Similar. I had one that canceled and it was because their uh, job was um, uh, basically shut down during COVID and stuff. So um, right. they had to uh, uh, let me go for that reason, but that was it. And I was, and I was right at the beginning. So I was like, Oh, oh here it comes, here it comes. And then it, nothing happened <laughs> after that. Right. And then the phone just started ringing, ringing. I was like, okay, well, that's good. <laughs> so um, I'm just going to take a quick break and uh, we're going to hear from our sponsor. At Xmark, we've poured decades of leading-edge engineering and old-fashioned work ethic into our Laser Z, the pioneering commercial zero-turn rider more landscape pros trust. So now you can experience cut quality, performance, comfort, durability, and reliability beyond your wildest dreams. Stop by your local dealer or visit xmark.com to experience an Xmark Laser Z and the attractive financing offers available now. Okay, so uh, you talked a, a bit about the scope and types of properties that you maintain, and you mentioned there that uh, you do, you know, your typical, uh, you know, single family type city homes, but you also have uh, some commercial mixed in. Uh, so, what type of work uh, do you prefer, uh, the commercial or the residential, and why? Yeah, I've always preferred the residential. Um, because the, the customers seem very loyal to the, to you. Um, I, that's why I've never tr like tried to contact a lot of commercial because I've, you, I do have some long-term commercial, but new ones pop up here and there, and then you only have them for one to two years and they're, then they move on to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing with, uh, commercial is that uh you know as much as you can um at least in my experience as much as you can try to build that relationship at the end of the day it's a it's a business and it's always looking for ways to increase profits and things like that as well and you know they're always going to put those bids out each and every year uh to see uh you know what else comes in as far as quotes mm -hmm. and things like that and it can be very difficult where that same amount of time that you invest in a residential type job can really solidify that relationship and make it uh, almost, um, you know, 
um, shielded from ever losing that job. Like those clients can become so loyal that they don't even think about um, hiring anybody else as long as you are, um, you know, willing to do it. Like I, I had, again, a customer again this year, right when I was doing like the last mo come out again, uh, the same as they did last year and, and ask me if I would please take on their lawn again next year. And I'm like, you're, you're like asking me to please take on, like I've been doing it now for, this is the second year uh, that I'm doing your lawn, but it's, it's funny, right? Cause you're usually, you think the other way. It's like, I hope you, you know, your I know. customers keep you on, right? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I have no fear of a, like a large majority of my customers that like, I don't fear that they're going to leave me now. Cause I've, I have such, I feel like I have such a strong um, rapport with them. And that's the, that's a great thing if you can keep maintain that over the years. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing about, um, you know, starting your own business. Of course, starting a business is scary for people starting out, uh, especially if you've never started a business before and you're not sort of in that mindset. And, you know, the majority of people um, that aren't, business owners would suggest that starting a business is a very risky thing to do. But once you sort of get your feet wet and kind of get into it, of course, you know, the uh, range of difficulty and, um, you know, uh, failure rates and stuff can all differ depending on the type of business. But with lawn care being sort of a recurring thing, it's your customers that you're visiting each and every week, you build that rapport and your income is essentially diversified because it's not one income source. It's multiple income sources from each of these customers. So if you lose one, it's not like, you know, losing your job sort of thing. You still got all these other customers. Um, It's actually a way more secure, uh, you know, thing to be doing than to be working for somebody else and relying on them uh, for hours and for your sole paycheck. Right. I think um, you you emphasize a lot in your YouTube videos about like people starting their own businesses. And I think one of the main things that maybe is risky is when you're just starting off and there's a lot of expenses to get up and going. But I I really love that you emphasize like you could just start with with um, a push more, a blower, and a trimmer. Yes. And and don't be distracted by these larger mowing crews in your town that have like all the best equipment that you're jealous of. Like yeah. you might you may get there if you if you put your heart into it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well it's it's a thing that just seems from my perspective, this day and age, um that people are always they want the end result without doing the work first and you know what you find like you know when i was a kid and you know granted part of this is probably because the population here has grown so much since i was a kid um it's become very popular here on the west coast uh you know i talk about the real estate prices all that has to do with you know tons of people moving to the area and people from other countries and all that sort of stuff but when I was a kid, you would occasionally see, you know, maybe a BMW on a good day 
or a Mercedes Benz or, you know, this or that. And now it's like, you know, you stop at a red light and like there could be three BMWs, a Range Rover, a few Teslas. Like you look at who's waiting in line. It's like, where is all this money coming from? (laughs) It's like, it's it's insanity. Like Ferraris, Lamborghinis. I see them on a daily basis now. Um, And it's like, what the heck? Like, is this like actual money or is it just everybody's got these payments? Like they just, it doesn't matter anymore. They just go sign some papers and they're, uh, you know, driving these cars and uh, living these uh, lifestyles without actually, you know, and it's all by payment. It's all by thing. And, And it's very tough for younger kids growing up because, and that's what they start to expect that that's how it's supposed to be. And yeah, that's why I try to push that message of like, no, you you don't have to do that. Like, don't get yourself into debt and go buy a brand new truck and trailer and all this stuff. You don't need that. You can do, um, you know, all that stuff. Uh, and that's why I tried to do, uh, and I did, uh, after my trailer got stolen and all my equipment got stolen, I thought, you know, this is a perfect opportunity to show that even though I had built up to some of that stuff, you don't need all that stuff. And I did that three-piece equipment challenge, uh, self-imposed on myself for a year uh, after, yeah. my, you know, using a 21-inch or more, a handheld blower, and a trimmer, and went back to basics to show. And it was tough because some of the properties I had were properties I took on having, you know, a larger mower uh, that I didn't have anymore. But it was still like, you can still do it. You can still do it, make a good income with just these three pieces of equipment. And did you... Um, further examine your prices when you had that challenge, kind of like I did, but in a lot of cases, of course, with clients, it wasn't their fault that no. you know equipment got stolen and stuff like that, and insurance had fully paid me for everything. It was just, uh, hey, I want to do this and show, um, and I'm not quite ready. Uh, to purchase another large mower yet because maybe I don't want to get the same thing I had before. Um, maybe I want to experiment with something different. So I want to do some research and and figure that out. And I wasn't expecting that because I wasn't expecting all my stuff to get stolen. So there was no like sort of pre-research done on you know what mower I would get <laughs> next and that sort of stuff because everything was working fine for me um, up to that point. Uh, so I didn't change prices for that because I was like, you know, these people are kind of locked in. Um, you know, everything's kind of, um, going there, but it, it, you know, obviously made me, uh, see the value in using those bigger mowers on those other properties. Um, and you know, when I did reevaluate and use some other equipment, uh, going to like the, uh, walk behinds and stuff it further. Cause up to that point, um, I had gone from the Walker mower to a tractor because of the weight, uh, here always being right. wet and I was just, I loved the walker, but it was always getting stuck, uh, for me. Um, anytime I take it out, cause it's like, it just, the water just, it just saturates everything and it sits for like forever cause of all the clay here and it doesn't drain properly. So I ended up going to a tractor because it was so light and it was fantastic. It was slow, but it worked out great, but I was like, it's slow. So once it got stolen, I was like, you know, it's done really well and stuff, but you know, maybe there's other options in that weight range. And that's where I landed uh, or ended up starting to try out the, uh, you know, traditional like 36 inch walk behind, 
uh, type thing because it was the same weight as a tractor. Um, but I thought, you know what, this kind of gives me, um, it kind of actually reminded me of the Walker with sort of the out front deck and being able to just tilt it back yeah. and get under to the blades very easily. And I could still kind of ride on the back of it if I needed to with a sulky or things. And it's, yeah. it's actually done very, very well. Um, but yeah, that was uh, a little bit, uh, uh, about that. And it's, uh, yeah, it's neat to, uh, to try to get people to think about that. That you don't need a ton yeah. of investment. Maybe one last point on that is, I I love to like visualize myself twenty years down the road, looking back at my like year one, my year two, and just seeing maybe that gradual growth and like and that gradual equipment going up. Like, and I don't want to look back and think, oh, I had that big payment every year and. And then I had to sell some stuff. And then, like, I don't want to see those dips. I just might maybe want to see, like, that line just pretty gradual. Yeah, yeah. It's exciting to think you'd be able to look back and just be very proud of how far you've came. Yes. Yeah, that's a great uh, a great exercise to, uh, to do, to think about that. Think about yeah. uh, yourself in the future looking backwards, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's neat, especially if you can uh, kind of plan that way. I remember there was a speech from... Uh, Steve Jobs, where he says, you know, you can't, uh, some of those decisions you make early on, uh, you know, you can't connect the dots at the time. It's only when you're, um, you know, later in life that you look backwards and you see where all, how the, all the dots connected uh, to get you where you were. But if you can kind of reverse engineer and kind of, you know, think about that end and, and work your way so that you're, you know, like you said, trying to protect yourself uh, from having um, those dips, uh, you know, there's going to be things like, pandemics that happen and things that might affect you and <laughs> yeah. stuff that you have no control but if you're conscious about it you know that's obviously a, a great uh, uh, way to go around it um so that kind of ties into this next question and this is probably one of the questions that gives people uh the most pause for thought and that is uh share with us a time you struggled in your business and uh, uh what you learned or did to overcome it yeah um it might surprise people but like just this past um maybe 12 months like like winter 2019 and then this spring summer 2020 is probably i would think is maybe where i struggled okay um i last in 2019 winter i um i went like head over heels into snow removal like thinking i want to just like do all my customers <laughs> driveways if i can yeah, and, yeah. and um because i because you really like your customers and you want to help them like but i i just felt i got like really tied down to my business and i couldn't dig back out like everything went well and we got through it but i was like why did i do that to myself um, it was way too much for like from going from like 20 driveways to 54 driveways. Like, yeah, yeah. that was drastic. Yeah. And then um, I thought, I'll never do this again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we and we kind of had like a mild March. And I guess I, I guess you had that month to get ready for April, May. And, and I just did the same with the lawn care. I, I did more customers and, and I was just chasing that money and 
I felt just so tired again. Yeah, yeah. But look, looking back, like, yeah, there were some like tough times. But I think I've just the last couple of months, I've just thought like, or at different times, I just like wanted to manage my work life balance, and so I made so I made that step this winter, and I'm doing what I can handle, and like just taking a second look at things, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough to um, say no to work right because you're that money of course like you you mentioned there right that's um predominantly you know for the most part it's why you start a business is right out of the need for the money right as much as you love and can love to do what you want to do um i can pretty much and i and i know some people say you know i i you know, would there's nothing else I could think of doing. Like there's nothing I'd rather be doing. But I guarantee you, if money wasn't an issue, paying bills, mortgages, all that sort of stuff wasn't an issue, I'm pretty sure you could probably come up with some other things you'd rather be doing than as much as you love mowing lawns or as much as you love pushing right. snow. I'm sure there's other stuff, other interests and things that people could think of that they'd rather be doing. I know I would, right? There's uh, tons of like, um, you know, I like mowing lawns. I do like it, you know, on a nice sunny day, getting in the truck, you go out there, fresh air, mowing lawns. But if you were to say, hey, uh, how about you take a break from that and here's, a, you know, some snorkel and fins and go swim this <laughs> reef in Maui. Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> you know? right. right? Like, the, the you know, anytime I'm snorkeling in like a tropical reef or something, I, it just feels like home to me. I'm like, this is like, uh, I'm in heaven uh, swimming uh, in this stuff, right? So it's like, I'm sure there's interest and things that people uh, will find. So, it's tough when you're trying to do that work-life balance because, you know, that money part is so enticing to go like this is, you know, this is, you you want to see that gradual incline, like you said in that previous uh, question, yeah. right? But it can get overwhelming and it can get almost like claustrophobic feeling, right? Um, if you don't, you know, if that freedom part, which is, you know, like a key to, uh, you know, the same answer that I sort of get on that other question of defining success from people, if there's too much, then, and that gets taken away, then that becomes not fun. Um, yeah, it was, it, um, it's hard to explain to somebody that works for an employee, employer, um, but like it, it started to just feel like too much of a job. Yes. Past twelve months. And yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not why I started my own business and did this hard work. You know? Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I actually um let me see here. Uh <clears throat> I'm just trying to see uh, a uh somebody uh this morning, because this kind of relates here. Um just look through uh, a uh, okay in uh, a, a comment I got on a YouTube video about um, uh, why you should hire employees. Top five reasons, and I did a top five reasons why you shouldn't. This was like a couple years ago, but somebody commented <laughs> today that actually that kind of ties into this. He said, uh, "If you don't want employees, then in reality you don't want to be a boss. 
you're scared of bad things employees will bring, uh, but when uh, when is the world perfect? Maybe in a Disney movie or something like that. Uh, they're saying, yeah. but and I started to think about that, and what you just said was exactly the thought that I had in my head, and I started to think about like why isn't it that I don't like employees and stuff for me personally don't entice me, and it's because of that freedom. Right now, I see working by myself as the maximum freedom. Now, even though I know that you know if I had employees down the road and I could build a business that I could step away from, that would give me freedom as well. But the short-term pain of having to deal with employees and have to be there day in and day out uh, and have work for them and not being able to you know leave right away because I would feel bad you know at the end of the day if, you know if it wasn't a full day of work for them and stuff like yeah. that, that you know it would start to feel like a job is what yeah, what I, popped in my head this morning and then you just said that so I was like oh that like totally ties <laughs> yeah ties in yeah, right I it, struggle I struggle with that employee thing too like I have to get home to get my kids off the bus and and their day is only a 7 hour day and I you feel I feel bad so yeah it, yeah yeah there's and, a lot of distractions in in our 2020 world that uh that make us think that we we need to have like a lot of employees and but i think we just all need to ponder like what's best for us yes yeah yeah your your quality of life what quality of life do you want what is it that that ultimately um matters to you um you know me working by myself doing lawn care um has been you know very um, lucrative and you know as far as a one-man operation goes and you know with my wife working and she has full benefits and all that stuff it's you know for the family it's perfect um, there's nothing that uh, we go not needing buy new cars whenever you know my wife needs stuff every couple of years buy her <laughs> new car all that sort of stuff I'm okay with uh, my older truck and stuff but you know I know that you know that means that I can you know I'm probably never going to buy a Ferrari or anything like that, no. but I'm okay with that. It doesn't, it's not something that is a priority to me to, or to, you know, have a fancy, um, you know, $50,000 ski boat or something like that. It's not things that uh, I prioritize. Um, so for me, it's that being able to do stuff like this uh, that I take the most joy out of is doing podcasts, doing the videos, doing stuff like that, right? And having that freedom to um, do that without the worry about um, the financial uh, part of it. So uh, it's great to hear that, uh, you know, you worked through it and recognized, um, you know, what it was that you needed and were able to kind of uh, adjust and scale back this year for your... Yeah, uh, so well, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> hopefully I can scale back in the spring and or just... Yeah, hopefully. Well, at least for the winter. <laughs> it's easier, easier said than done, you know? Yeah, yeah. Especially when the phone is uh, is ringing. But uh, yeah, you got to just yeah. be mindful uh, of that. Um, so what is your favorite thing uh, about being self-employed? Oh, I my favorite thing is um, I think I'm very similar to the way you had have your business running is like my kids are young. Um, they're seven and eight and I'm able to, I put them on the bus in the morning and then I have to be back like seven, seven and a half hours later to get them off the bus. Yep. And 
it's it's fairly difficult to do any more business after they're home from school. So it kind of forces you to to do all your business in that seven hour day. Yeah. And and um then I, I make I've made the freedom for myself to have weekends off. Yeah, nice. And I've always hoped to have Fridays, but I've I think I've worked every Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah, it can be, uh, uh, a very, you know, big challenge when you have kids and, um, if you're the one that needs to, uh, take kids to, uh, school and that, like I, she's, I walked my son to school, uh, every day until grade, last day of grade seven. Uh, when he went oh, to wow. high school, he finally, and part of it was because we have a dog. So I was like, well, I might as well walk the dog in the morning too before work. <laughs> so I would just walk him to school sort of thing. And, um, uh, you know, and then grade eight, of course, that changed because uh, it's a bit farther away and stuff. But, uh, you know, but it was a challenge because then you got to get back, do work. I would, for those years, I skipped lunch so many times because it was like, you know, I got, you know, I got to be finished by yeah. 2.30 or whatever, right? Yeah, you can eat later. Um, yeah, and uh, and get it done. But yeah, um, I feel you on that one. I've been, <laughs> I've been there for many many years uh, when my kids uh, were uh, uh, younger. So uh, I'm just going to take another quick break for uh, another uh, um, sponsor. Hey, lawn care nation! Want to kickstart your lawn care business in the right direction? Introducing the Lawn Care Business Success Academy and the How to Price Lawns Profitably course. Save yourself the time and headaches of trying to figure out how to price lawn mowing jobs properly on your own. Learn about knowing your numbers and how to set a profitable hourly rate in five steps. Discover the five things to consider before quoting a lawn. What to look for when you're out in the field. How to spot red flags and what questions to ask prospective clients. Then learn how to put it all together and the best way to present a quote. So if you're ready to get your business on the road to profitability, then head over to LawnCareBusinessSuccessAcademy.com. Okay, so let's shift a bit into uh, marketing. Uh, So uh, what ways do you market your business and share your number one uh, marketing tip? Yeah, Um my number one marketing tip, I think, would be uh, having Google My Business. Okay. And, and um, every fall or maybe, yeah, usually every fall I would, I'll message my current customers that haven't left reviews okay. um, of my service. And you, some people won't feel comfortable leaving a review, but like some people will. And there isn't very many people in my town that have reviews for their lawn care businesses. So I tend to show up first when you search lawn care awesome. a little more because of those reviews. Yeah, that's a great tip. It, to- it puts you out there a little bit. Like you're nervous that maybe you might get a bad review, but I, I, you don't like if you do honest work and, and you know that you're good at what you do. Like I, I, I feel like it, all balances it. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I'm actually uh, pretty bad at is asking customers to leave reviews, like the the good customers to leave reviews. Um, and I had a bad review pop up um, this past year from a non-customer that um, called for a quote and they wanted something done 
that I specifically had listed. And the funny thing is that they originally contacted me through my website and leaving a request a quote is right. And then they said, uh, and the funny thing is like, it was at the busiest time of the season. And, um, I literally had on the website saying that we're not taking on anything other than regular weekly lawn mowing right now. And I had it on the homepage of the website and on the, the actual form that you have to fill out to put. So he ended up giving me a bad review for that. Cause I didn't, um, you know, respond to him on that. And I was like, well, it's like, I purposely have this set up here so that you're not wasting your time in thing. You had to read this twice before leaving your information. And now you're mad that you left your information and I'm not interested in doing your, your job. And he was yeah. going on about it being, you know, a, a big money job and that sort of thing. And it's like, it doesn't matter the value of it. What matters is that my cus- my regular customers come first, not a one-off job that I have specifically listed that we're not doing right now. That way we're not taking on that stuff. So um, it was an interesting situation. I don't know if it was just somebody that was really salty or if it really was. I don't, you know, I have no idea um, what the, right. that true um, story was, but. <clears throat> have you considered like there's, you can request through Google, like to, for them to review it, they may take it off for you. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah I don't, I didn't know until recently. So I had a, a similar thing happen where it wasn't even a customer of mine and, and I requested it taken off and it was taken off within like 24 hours. Oh, nice. Well, I'll have to try that. Cause like I said, again, it's, it's different if it's a customer you've serviced and they've had a, you know, an issue, but this is like completely off. And I explained it to him and in a, you know, like a reply to it and they still just went off. Like, doesn't matter, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, buddy, you're like, <laughs> you had to read the, you know, I, I literally have, have uh, he's talking about professionalism and stuff like, that. I'm like, I think I went over professionalism and the fact that I listed that we're not taking <laughs> on any other work to save you the hassle of requesting uh, that sort of stuff. And uh, just one of those uh, people that, I don't know, I just, I um, chalked it off to COVID, right? Just everybody was cranky and all that stuff. Right. That was like, hey, just, you know, it's okay, buddy. <laughs> and then you learned a little more patience somehow. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those, right? You can only do what you can, what you can do, right? And that's the downside, I guess, to being a, a single person owner operator is that, you know, there's not enough time in the day to handle everything. Um, and it's just one of those things, right? So I try to put those things out there to try to deter people from um, leaving quotes for stuff. Like I've removed uh, on my um, form, uh, there's like the checklist of services you want. So I just like remove services. So you can't even request right. that stuff. Um, but still people will, you know, because there's like a little section for like, hey, a note or something you, you can write. And they'll still put you know, I want a quote for this. And it's like, we're not doing that, <laughs> we're right. not doing that right now, right? I'm trying to save you and me time. <laughs> yeah, and, last year, I had diff- different customer or potential customers say, like, they submitted a quote and then I never got back to them. And Or I got back to them a couple of weeks later saying, sorry, I can't take you on. And they kind of said, well, maybe you could have had that on your website. So this year in 2020, I had the same kind of thing that I was fully booked on these services and um, just so that I didn't 
upset anybody, you know, yeah. hoping you wouldn't upset anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And that was what I was, you know, the intention that I had doing it, right? was, let me put this so that I'm not upsetting people because it's already taking, um, you know, a while to do a quote and stuff when you're in the busy season. And yeah, I'll just take on, you know, if you're a lawn mowing customer or something like that, then sure, I'll uh, do that. But if it's just a one-off job or something, I just don't have time to do that stuff. Uh, so you try to do it and this person still wasn't, uh, they weren't happy about it, but it is, you can't please everybody, I guess. Um, yeah. And then um, to finish the question you had, uh, I, I do, um, I have a website and I have my truck has my um, like decals on it. Yeah. And um, that's about all I have to do right now because I'm like, I've been established for eight years and, and uh, I think, yeah, my work kind of, um, shows itself i think yeah 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 it's um um it's amazing i was talking to uh one of the other uh people that i was interviewing recently and saying you know how i had bought boxes of postcards when i first started and you know the first year i put some out and i was getting good return but the business built so fast that they're you know still sitting here now and uh they all have like you know like prices starting at $30 and things promoting. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, oops. I, <laughs> I have boxes. I have a box of them and I still wonder if I'll use them one day, but I have to start like crossing them out professionally. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like different lines that are relevant. So <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's funny. Uh, I think mine say like snow removal and things on them. I'm like, I don't do snow removal. I don't do <laughs> yeah. any, any of that stuff anymore. <clears throat> so um, one of the uh, most common uh, questions I get in my business is what I do in the winter. Uh, obviously, uh, in Ontario, you guys do have a off season. Uh, and you mentioned snow removal. Is there anything else that uh, you try to offer as far as services go in the winter? Um, no, I... I would like to maybe do like some maybe dump runs. Um, I would like, I would like to have maybe some more services, but I'm not sure yet, but um, it's more of a time for me to, to, for some education and, and uh, mental health, maybe like have some time off. It's, it's good. Yes. Yeah. It is very good that way. Um, Yeah. So what are your future plans or goals for your business? Um, I, I think I'm just going to keep it a similar size and just have some gradual, um, gradual growth. Uh, yeah, I, I, if it's, if it's a gradual growth, I think it will be, it will do very well. I don't have any like real big plans. You, I see a lot of really awesome fall cleanup setups and i i think i would love to have some of these setups you see for the future but i don't know when that would be but when maybe 10 years from now and it's going to be harder for me to do fall cleanup yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's funny i was thinking about that too um recently not with fall cleanups but i was thinking about uh possibly replacing the truck and uh, getting something different. And then I started, you know, you start going off on uh, tangents and, you know, going down the rabbit hole and stuff on Craigslist, looking at different possibilities and stuff. And, you know, then I was looking at like, I, I found myself looking at like those like Isuzu, like cab over dump truck 
and stuff that you see a lot of landscapers using, right? And I was looking yeah. at that going, hey, that'd be pretty cool. And then I'm like, what am I thinking? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't want that. Like, I would, that would, you know, I'd have to do a heck of a lot more work to justify, uh, you know, that and, and cleanups and things like that. I don't even like going to the dump. What do I need a dump truck for? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, <sighs> if, if I did buy something, a bigger setup for fall cleanups, it, I would hopefully just buy, pay for it out of my pocket and then, I wouldn't be forced to bring a huge amount of business in. I could still have control over that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so is there a weirdest thing you've ever seen or has happened to you during uh, the course of your business? Um, yeah, like, probably um, showing up to a house at the wrong time and and maybe trying to say hi to a customer. Um, I didn't exactly see them naked, but they <laughs> <laughs> they just cracked the door open a little bit. Oh, okay, yeah. And said, this isn't a good time, okay. and it was a little awkward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. I've had that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've had that one before, but it was... Uh... Mine was a little bit different because I was there at the exact same time on the same day that I had been for four years. <laughs> and I had done the whole front yard. So you would have thought they would have heard the trimmers and stuff going. And then I get to the backyard and the sliding door is wide open and um, their dog, uh, the girlfriend's dog, comes running out because he wasn't familiar with me. And... <laughs> Then I see this naked body out of the corner of my eye zip past the flying door. And I was like, oops. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's funny. <laughs> I was like, sorry, but yeah. I'm here on the same time and day that I've been here for four years. Um, what is a hidden pitfall with running a lawn care business that you see that uh, prevents people from succeeding? A hidden pitfall. Um, yeah. Well, I think during like a couple months in the spring and then a couple months in the fall that are pretty much the same busyness, um, maybe the volume of um, phone calls for quotes. Yeah. Or, yeah, potential work that. Yeah, yeah that give like you might feel pressured to take on that i think that would that sometimes is yeah. too overwhelming for some people yeah that's definitely a uh, that's a great answer that's definitely a pitfall because you can um you know get very excited in the spring and that could potentially lead you to making unnecessary purchases and then have it all dry up within a month or so come summertime and be like, oh, you know, shoot, you know, now I can't afford these payments because, you know, I was getting all these calls coming in and now it's kind of dried up sort of in the middle and then it picks up, you know, back again in the fall, but now it's completely different right. type of work. You know, it's cleanups and stuff, not mowing and things like that, that it's, uh, yeah, so, I, yeah, that's a great answer, the, the seasonality of it, whether it's the, the amount of calls coming in at once that can be overwhelming um, or, you know, that they could lead you to other, um, uh, you know, missing. Yeah, like... I wasn't a pro at, at putting aside money for um, 
your off season, like when I first started, but yep. you gradually realize that you've got to really excel in the spring and then really excel at certain points when it's busy Yeah, for your year to go really well. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so um, if you were to start your lawn care business all over again, what is one thing that you would do differently? Um, I don't know if I would change a lot. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe just, maybe just stay, yeah, maybe stay solo, but yeah, it's a hard question. I think, I think I'm happy the way it's all went uh, along the way. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your, uh, biggest frustration about running a lawn care business? Biggest frustration um, is employees. Um, Okay. And you hear everybody, it's a, it's something you have to hurdle over, right? Yeah. And uh, I've almost came to the conclusion that, that you're going to maybe hire somebody every year. Like, okay. Yeah. Unless you unless you get lucky and get somebody returning year after year, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's hard it's hard to train it's hard to train a good employee and then and then have them stick around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough because the seasonality of it all, um, right? To keep somebody that's good, right? Because they obviously have to pay their bills throughout the year as well, and and that sort of stuff. And if you don't have the the work to justify it then uh, that can be very, very difficult and puts on a lot of extra pressures on you to uh, try to keep, you know, that employee on. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's, uh, that can be uh, pretty frustrating to do something like that. Um, yeah. What is uh, one resource that you use the most in building your lawn care business? Um. I would say listening to the array of podcasts that we have available to us now. Um, most like, especially like your podcast on care of business success, like um, was one of the first ones I found on my podcast app. And mm-hmm. I can I constantly, uh, yeah, you, you hope there's more content to come because you're just out there mowing and I, I'm listening and learning from from yourself and others like and just making my business that much more like better. Yeah. Yeah, podcasts are a fantastic uh resource. Uh it's awesome to see other people jumping on board uh with podcasts. I've said 2020 is like the year of the podcast now finally after yeah. um, you know so many years um and even though you know I I started um, listening to podcasts so early on, um, I just found it a great fit because you could, uh, for what we do, we mow lawns, you got headphones in, you can hear. And, you know, when I was listening, there was no lawn care podcast to listen to. Um, so I was listening to, you know, podcasts of my other interests, uh, technology and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's funny because to this day, I still listen to the exact same podcast that I started listening to each and every week back, you know, um, 15 or so years ago. 
uh, when I started listening yeah. to podcasts, right? And I still listen to that same podcast as one of my go-tos. Uh, but it's neat because whatever, you know, interest I'm in, like, it's funny. Uh, I was going through looking for some new podcasts to listen to as well. And sometimes you don't want to always listen to uh, business ones or things like that. So right. I was looking for something fun. And one um, actually caught my attention on Instagram. Um, uh, this picture came up of uh, the Dukes of Hazard, General Lee. And it was just like somebody's <laughs> car, right? And it yeah. turned out to be a post from a um, a podcast about the Dukes of Hazard. And I was like, what? There's like a yeah. podcast about the Dukes. Like there's a podcast about everything now, right? Um, yeah. So I was like, well, this will be kind of fun, right? So I, I downloaded a thing because as a kid, like uh, Dukes of Hazard, like that was... Like that was the thing for me. That was what I lived for as a kid was Friday nights watching, uh, you know, the newest episode of the Dukes of Hazard. And this podcast was called, uh, the Kibby and friends show. I'm just, I'm just looking on my podcast app right now. <laughs> and they basically, they talk about old cars, but then they also review an episode on each episode. So they watch, I guess, previously they watch an episode about the Dukes of Hazard and then they talk about it in, uh, the podcast that week and they go over it and they've got sound clips and stuff from the show and stuff. Yeah. It was like so much fun to listen to. Uh, <laughs> oh, I listened to, yeah, I listened to similar things like that and it's so relaxing. Yeah. It's so like fun to, to be able to do that. But yeah, it's a podcast have been a, a great resource, whether like that you want to use it sort of to take your mind off things and, and relax and stuff or to dive deep into certain topics or subjects or uh, learn from other guys in the industry. Um, so yeah, it's great to see uh, so many guys jumping on board uh, and offering uh, podcasts. So, uh, and thank you to uh, uh, you for being a, a longtime uh, listener of the show. Uh, I really do appreciate that. Um, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't even know until maybe you're eight months in when I was like, Oh, <laughs> Too bad I didn't listen to episode one. Like, yeah. Once <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was it was uh, a bit of a challenge in the beginning um, when you know, like I always joke, I started podcasting when nobody even knew what a podcast was, and those yeah. those first you know year especially and stuff, it was a pretty lonely venture putting out the episodes <laughs> and you'd get look at your downloads for that uh, week and stuff, and it was like okay, <laughs> but hey perseverance just keep doing keep doing keep going and and stick with it and uh it's uh, been uh very rewarding uh to yeah, i'm glad you're uh, i'm glad you're still doing it it's it's great uh, awesome thank you very much um so what is uh, one thing that people don't realize about running a lawn care business um i think people don't realize the amount of stress that might come with it like when you when you come when you finish your day out working on lawns um it doesn't mean your day is over when you get home yep so you you may have phone calls to uh, return um you need to invoice your customers you need to uh balance your bank account um the, the work can be endless and and uh you just yeah, just like need to be aware of that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and a lot of that stuff, which kind of adds to the frustration about it, is like I mentioned 
earlier, like, you know, give me a sunny day and, you know, the <laughs> birds are chirping and all that stuff and you're outside and you're mowing lawns. It's fantastic. But then you sit down and you have to do that other side of the business, all the paperwork, the all that stuff. And it's like pulling teeth at the dentist. And when you realize that that part of it is not the directly paid side of it, <laughs> you know, you're it's, yeah. a, it's a lot of hours of doing stuff that you aren't really... Obviously, if you know your numbers and all that stuff, you're trying to account for all of that work. But, you know, when you think about mowing lawns, you're out there and you're like, okay, I just made this much mowing this lawn. When you're sitting in the office for two hours doing paperwork or stuff, it's like, you know, there's nobody to bill for that. (laughs) Yeah, like right before I came on with you today, I was uh, doing T4s for my employees, like for the end of the year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So So you uh, forget that you have... There's lots of things you have to get done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fun times. <laughs> yeah. Fun times. That time. was like pulling teeth for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My favorite is like the, the like when you're doing the, the taxes and all that stuff, right? Because like, man, spending all this time and, you know, you're you're not getting paid for this time and I have to write a check to the government for it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm doing all the work on behalf of you guys to give you a check. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always, uh, yeah, it's always a, a bit of a pain. Um, so this year, uh, it was, uh, or this not this year, twenty twenty, but uh, actually last fall, I got to meet you in person um, at GIE, uh, and that was uh, fantastic to be able to uh, meet you in person and uh, hang out with you for a couple days at various times. Um, was that your first GIE experience? Yeah, it was my first time making it up there. Awesome. So what did you think about, uh, GIE? Yeah, it was, uh, it was, ex- it was exhausting. Like, <laughs> um, I was so glad that I, uh, decided to come. Like I'm, we were still like doing, a, we were kind of starting our fall cleanups and, and you question like, should I come down and, yeah, and maybe lose a couple days work like um but it's like it's totally worth it if you can you can figure that out and come down um it was exhausting walking around for like two days straight yeah Um, there's so much to see and it it was so fun yeah yeah it is a ton of fun i was in that same predicament though because the timing right is like man, like it's in the middle of, of go time <laughs> for us, yeah. right? It's like, dang, like it's, it's. what are my customers going to say, right? Because it kind of blows the whole, um, well, for me on the um, West Coast, <clears throat> I had to leave on the Tuesday to get there for the three days uh, yeah. and then, you know, come back in the week. So it was basically, it's like the whole week is gone. Um, and it's like, man, that's tough, right? In the middle of, you know, cleanup stuff. But, um, you know, I just was honest with, clients and said, Hey, I'm going to take next week off. I know it's not the greatest timing, but, um, you know, it's like the world's largest trade show for the industry. I've always wanted to go and stuff. And they're like, they were all fine, completely supportive. They're like, don't worry about it. Um, you know, right. if the leaves are on there for an extra week or whatever, it doesn't make a difference. You know, you deserve the time off and all that sort of stuff. But that's where that relationship part comes into play, right? Building up those good relationships. If it was a, com- um, for me, I would expect if it was more commercial properties. It would be more of a, uh, I would feel more pressure, but with just residentials, it was like, I could just talk to them and they seemed, uh, you know, all okay with it. Um, right. <clears throat> where 
I think guys that have maybe like stratas and things like that, that have like, you know, big extensive contracts, you know, laying out exactly what they're doing. If you don't show up for a week, then that can start to raise some eyebrows and stuff in that sort of sense. Yeah. But that's why a lot of people would probably say that it's good to have employees. Yeah. 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 Keep them behind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, But a lot of these guys you see at GAE like to take their crews with them. So it's the, (laughs) It's one of yeah, those, but I guess it depends on where they're, where they're at. Right. Cause I guess everybody's seasons, uh, are a bit different, but, um, you have any, uh, were you planning on, uh, like, uh, you know, pandemic aside, were you planning on returning to GIE, uh, this past year or this year here? Yeah. Like, uh, I was, I was hoping to go, but I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be a go. Like when, when, uh, early in, early in the spring i thought i i don't think like i didn't make very many plans because i thought it was going to be canceled for sure oh okay yeah i was on the fence um yeah i was on the fence too with um because the last year i booked my flight late so i paid out of the nose for it um so i thought okay i'll book early so i was looking at flights in like early march um and it was like a third of the cost to book the flight at that time. So yeah. I literally had like the flights I wanted all in my checkout. I was ready to do it. And then just some little voice told me, just wait a week. <laughs> you know, like wait till next <laughs> week. And that's when all the shutdowns happened and everything. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I remember <clears throat> messaging you around that time too. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's yeah. kind of saved me. Especially seeing how, um, you know, a lot of these were... Um, you know, you'd have to travel vouchers within a year and all this sort of stuff and not getting your money back from some airlines and things like that. So I was like, well, I guess it kind of uh, was a good yeah, thing so that, many that, people, that voice told me so not many to. People, oh, sorry. So many people were on hold with airline companies like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they didn't maybe listen to that voice in their head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was a shame that, uh, it didn't happen. I was, uh, when I remember when I was going for the first time, I was telling my wife, okay, so I'm going and they said, there's only one problem though. I know that once I go once, I'm going to want to go every year after that. Um, and it proved to be like, it was just, it was exhausting. Like you said, you come back, you're like a zombie, but uh, it was <laughs> like, man, it was so much fun. Uh, and there's so much to see, um, you know, it reminded me of like Disneyland where it's like you go the first time and you, you think you've seen everything, but I guarantee, you know, you go back again and it's like, wow, like you see stuff you didn't even see the last time that's been there forever. Uh, just because it's just so overwhelming. Um, uh, you're just, you know, your head is just turning in every direction (laughs) as you're walking around and stuff. Uh, it's just so much fun. So hopefully, uh, you know, um, 2021, uh, it'll go ahead. Hopefully, uh, the pandemic will be uh, under control. Uh, lots of good news with these vaccines and stuff uh, lately. So hopefully, that'll uh, uh, you know have uh, the world kind of returning back, uh, and we can all uh, in the green industry get together and celebrate uh, at GIE 2021. That would be uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so we're down to the last two questions. And uh, this one is uh, one of my absolute favorites, and it is uh, share your best piece of advice with those just starting out in the business. And I want you to come at this from the point of view that this is somebody that you know 
This is somebody that you like and you only want to see the best for you. Just want to see them succeed. And they come up to you and they say, Craig, I'm thinking about starting a lawn care business. What's your best piece of advice for me? Um, I think there's several things I would say. Um, like take your, hopefully you have a little bit of time and you can like get a website and properly register your business. And then, um, I would say if you, hopefully you have somebody in your community that maybe you can stop by and, and just ask them a few questions that will get you off to the right start. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think just, uh, try to start off simple and, um, then you're, then you are not tied down by a lot of, uh, payments. Yeah. yeah. Great advice. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Uh, so <laughs> last question and that is, uh, how can people, uh, follow you online? Yeah, I'm on, um, I have a small YouTube channel, but it's, um, not, I don't, I haven't <laughs> figured out how to edit very well. So it's just basically just drop a video in there. Yeah, so yeah. I'm on uh, YouTube with, uh, Thirsty's Lawn Care. I'm not sure what the URL for that is. Okay. And then I'm um, I'm on Instagram at Thirsty's Lawn Care, and I'm on I think that's the main like YouTube and okay. Instagram as well. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, perfect. I'll put uh, links into the podcast show notes for those. Uh, so thank you very much uh, for taking the time out. Uh, it was a pleasure uh, talking to you again. Uh, since uh, the last time there in person at GIE, um, and yeah. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast. Yeah, well, thank you very much, Julio. Awesome. So uh, there you have it, Lawn Care Nation. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, that value-packed uh, interview episode with Craig Thurston from Thirsty's Lawn Care. I'll leave uh, the um, links in the podcast show notes to his Instagram and his YouTube channel. So make sure uh, you follow him, follow him on uh, Instagram and uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel. So uh, that's it for this one, uh, Lawn Care Nation. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.